This is episode 9 of a Chosen People podcast with special guests Derek and Michelle Jean on the topic of a Christmas perspective. Welcome to a Chosen People podcast. My name is Lou Obatero, and every Tuesday I share with you conversations I have with disciples from all around the world on how young disciples like myself can live a life worthy of God, what they've learned from personal experiences, and pieces of advice they have for my generation. Together, we explore solutions to modern day problems and what it truly means to live chosen. Currently December of 2020 at the time of this recording, and just about everyone is getting ready to celebrate Christmas in just more than a week. On today's episode, I have a discussion with Derek and Michelle Jean, the parents of two children who live in Western Florida and attend the Broward Church of Christ. The Jeans and I discuss what Christmas looked like in their youth, what the true meaning of Christmas is, the importance of Jesus' birth, and how the family celebrates Christmas today. Okay, so in the production of this episode, um, as I was editing it, I realized that out of the one hour and 45 minutes of conversation that I had with Miss Michelle Jean and Mr. Derek Jean, I only have like 15 to 20 minutes of their actual conversation. I have the full length of mine, but I don't have their recording. Um, for some weird reason, the software didn't record it while we went. We had the whole conversation, but it just didn't record that portion. So um, I figured either just to not make an episode or to make an episode and then include that a little bit and then uh, try to give a summary of what we did actually discuss. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the latter and um, pretty much just give you a rundown of the beginning. It's mostly just a background into their lives before uh, they arrive to where they are now. And then the ending will just be a summary of... Um, what we discussed, or at least from what I can remember that we discussed. All right, let's get to it. Okay, so this episode is with uh, Mr. Derek Jean and Miss Michelle Jean, hailing from. Uh, Weston, Florida, I believe. And we actually were also two uh, family friends while we were in Toronto, but currently they reside in Weston, Florida. So how are you guys doing? Doing great. Uh, definitely looking forward to Christmas and um, mm-hmm. very very happy, uh, very glad to be part of this uh, podcast, which you will do. Thank you for, uh, for the invite. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, no problem. No problem. And how are you doing, Michelle? Yeah, we're, I'm doing pretty good. I was actually excited about uh, you asking us. And then when we finally, like I shared earlier, when we set up the time, it turned out perfect because we're tree trimming today. So it's perfect into the spirit. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense, honestly. This is the best time, like right as November is ending, you know. Thanksgiving is over, so technically we're into the Christmas season. You know, it's it's, it's appropriate. <laughs> but uh, speaking of that, though, we actually did 
just have Thanksgiving um, yesterday because today is the 27th. How was that for you guys? Very quiet. Uh, normally we would do um, some family celebration, get togethers, turkey and, you know, the full nine yards with all the trims and the dressings and uh, I guess the, the portions of fat that I call. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, as I think that most of the world probably is kind of in the same boat as we are in. Well, I guess primarily in the U.S. Um, you know, just um, very quiet because uh, we're not able to visit families because of the pandemic. So it's been it's been quite a setback. But uh, you know, we have to be mm-hmm. still grateful for what we have and still, you know, got the chance to to have some special moments with our kids and still try to continue some family traditions that we do uh, with our kids. Still make the best of what we've got. Mm-hmm. I think what was great for me is, um, you know, we kept it fairly low key and simple since it was just our immediate family, the four of us, Mm -hmm. but somehow our small meal turned into a feast. I was really encouraged when the kids um, were kind of self-motivated to make a homemade pumpkin pie. Actually, they made two pumpkin pies on Wednesday night. So we had those ready for for Thursday. Which uh, was absolutely delicious. Oh, yeah. They turned out really good. And um, actually, we ate half of it on Wednesday, (laughs) that I admit. And uh, Mm -hmm. then uh, Deanna Deanna helped me with with the prep, the food prep, and Daniel contributed. Actually, all of us, Derek, contributed. So it was really – it. It turned out, like I said, to be a small feast, but it didn't feel like a lot of work because we all pitched in and uh, just really, really encouraging to see that as our kids grow. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's really encouraging to hear. I'm glad they were able to step up. And I mean, if you guys have any left, like, please send some over (laughs) over here. Trust me, my family and I would love some. (laughs) Well, it's too bad we can't, you know, email you some or, you know, try to put it through. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> you guys are always yeah. welcome to house. Your family, right? You know that. <laughs> Your family. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe some digital pie or something like that. Yeah, that would yeah. be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, we certainly have pictures of it. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, yeah. That that'll satiate me. It's all good. <laughs> but no, that's that's great to hear. I'm glad that you guys are doing really awesome. Um, but for those who don't know exactly who you guys are, can you just tell me a little bit about yourselves? Sure. Um, just for context, because this can be a bit confusing as we, I guess, talk through this uh, podcast. But um, I was born in Trinidad. Um, which, for those of you who don't know, is in the Caribbean, uh, just, uh, I guess, northeast of Venezuela. Um, the main language in Trinidad is English. So, we call it broken English for those of you who, you know, are well English spoken. Um, but uh, I grew up there. Um, I'm from a family of 14, the youngest of 14, which also I'm a twin, but not a, Jeez. but not a uh, identical twin. We're fraternal twins, but for some reason people can't still identify who's who, which blows my mind. We look completely different, but in their <laughs> mind and their eyes. Were identical, but um, yeah. So I grew up there. I spent most of my childhood there until I was a teen, at the age of thirteen. Uh, moved to Canada. Had the opportunity to move to Canada with uh, my five brothers and my mom. Uh, at the time, my uh, my dad passed on when, when I was about ten years old. 
and um, you know, we had plans to go to Canada with him, but uh, he got ill, he died from cancer, and I uh, was unable to make it. Shortly after that, my mom got sick. And, uh, she uh, lived in Canada a few months before we actually transitioned completely to Canada. So she was sort of in transition herself. And then family made a decision to move to, uh, to Canada. And uh, that's where I spent most of my, I guess, young teen years, young 20s and 30s. And, um, you know, lived quite a, a great life there. Um, was able to um, go to school, uh, high school, uh, completed university, went to the University of Toronto. Um, <clears throat> at the University of Toronto, that's where I became a Christian in my, in my sophomore year. And, um, you know, was able to really see how God had a plan for my life. And, um, you know, through that plan, one of his greatest plans was to find an incredible wife who I'm sitting here with right now. And, um, you know, we're just able to, uh, to enjoy God's blessings with two young, beautiful children, Deanna and Daniel. And um, three years ago, we made a decision uh, through an opportunity through work to... Uh, to, I guess, um, look into um, uh, opportunity to come to the U.S., uh, specifically in Florida. And, um, you know, we were able to make the transition. There's a lot of things going on in our lives at that time. And uh, the timing couldn't have been any better uh, than when it was. And uh, just seeing how God continues to bless our lives is just such a tremendous thing. And, um, you know, we made a decision. It was hard initially for the kids um, to make that, that transition because obviously they were somewhat in their transitional lives of going from uh, elementary to middle and middle to high school. So we felt the time was also perfect for them, even though in their minds, obviously, you know, it wasn't that way. And uh, you know, yeah. some element of bitterness on their end, but uh, looking back in hindsight, uh, they, they believe that it was the right thing for us as a family to do. They've grown so much from it. and. To see them mature and blossom into who they are today, two young, um, you know, Christians, and uh, finding faith and uh, just being able to trust God and His plan is just a wonderful thing to see and be part of. That, that that's a that's a really good like breakdown pretty much of especially uh just learning new things that i didn't even know about your um you know previous life before coming to canada but um yeah very interesting um how about yourself miss michelle what was your uh your, your past like before the present okay well um i'll just follow derek's lead so i was uh born in guyana lived there with a very large extended family on both sides. My dad is the eldest of 10. My mother was the youngest of 10 growing up. And uh, when I was four, um, my parents and I moved to Canada. So I pretty much grew up in Canada. And over the years, our, our family eventually, most of them immigrated uh, mostly to the U.S., but also to Canada all of my formal education in Canada and for me it was uh, after university and then after I was working full-time that uh, uh, an acquaintance, co-worker, friend of mine 
Christine, um, who uh, we worked together at Canada's Wonderland, which is our 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 big theme park. It's not big when you compare yeah. to Disney here, but we kind of kept in touch on and off over the years. And so fast forward to when I was in my mid-20s and she uh, invited me out to church many times over the years and I finally went. And uh, that's when I became converted as a, as a single in my mid-20s. So I uh, became a Christian then, uh, studied the Bible and I guess um, about four years later, uh, well, Derek and I met early on in my in my Christianity, actually a few months uh, after, but uh, we dated about four years later, got married almost exactly a year, engaged and married within a year, and um, the, rest, the rest you know. So the rest, we, we had two beautiful children in Canada and then uh, moved here when they were preteen and when we came just as Deanna was, so Deanna was in seventh grade and Deanna was starting ninth grade high school here in Florida. So here we are, still settling in and uh, in the middle of a pandemic, which, you know, has just quarantined for a very, very long time and getting used to our new way of communicating and keeping in touch with people. So glad to talk to you today, Olu. Yeah, no, glad to talk to you too. And, you know, thank you for being open about that. It's, you know, very interesting to hear about both of your very like international um, uh, times in your lives before you came to America. But um, I asked those, you know, to, 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 to gain insight into, you know, your lives, but also to, uh, to kind of segue a little bit into the topic for today's episode, which is on Christmas and really the importance of it and um, what you guys have perceived it to be throughout your entire lives, uh, in addition to how you even celebrate it in this current stage of life, especially how you also too might be celebrating it with this, you know, global pandemic, of course. Um, and I'm just truly happy to have you guys on for this episode for today. So for my first question, I wanted to ask you about, of course, your childhoods. Now, you both told me a bit about them, but I wanted to ask it in uh, regard to to Christmas, so did your families celebrate Christmas, and if they did, how? For me, like I said, Olu, um, you know, Christmas growing up was in Trinidad, and um, you know, we don't we didn't walk around with uh, sweaters or toques, or you know, look forward to snow, but uh, it was the uh, the sunny or the wet <laughs> Christmas. That's how we knew it. Mm. Um, but obviously, um, for us, it was a huge, huge event. It was a very uh, festive time. It was a huge celebration, primarily at my mom's house, uh, because, you know, most of my older siblings, because being the youngest, the age, the age difference between the eldest and the youngest is about 25 years old. So the older ones were pretty much, you know, married and settled in their jobs and lives and they had their own families, but my mom always made it a point that they need to bring their own families and celebrate Christmas with us. So the feasting was unbelievable. Uh, there's nothing, nothing centered around gifts and you know exchanging gifts and all the traditions we see in North America. It was a big, big feast, which my mom did most of the cooking. 
um, <clears throat> we would get unusual things uh, during Christmas time. So, you know, regularly, you know, you could have like ham and certain fruits like apples and grapes. But for us in Trinidad, those were rarities. And, you know, we grew up very poor. So, you know, getting uh, pork or ham um, for, 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 for Christmas was a treat. So that was like once a year we had that type of food. And my mom would buy like, you know, a box of apples, a crate of grapes. And I'm not even exaggerating. I'm telling you, it's an actual box filled with apples and a crate filled with grapes. And by day two, so let's say she buys it on the 24th, by the 25th or the 26th, the box of apples, the crate, the crate of grapes, was done. Um, all, all the sodas you can think of, we had a special type of uh, soda called um, Malta. They do sell it in international stores. Mm. And um, I've had that before. Yeah, uh, so good. And uh, one of us, <laughs> one of yeah, Michelle was whispering uh, pear drags. That's one of our sort of uh, traditional drinks made out of pear. It's like a pear soda. But it is so delicious and obviously complements with some good food. But that was that was our time. That was our childhood um, Christmas where, you know, we would as a family celebrate that. And to top it off, we would also uh, invite other friends to come over. And one of the biggest traditions in, in Trinidad is something called Parang. Parang is like, um, it's a style of music and it typically happens around Christmas time. But the concept of Parang is that you go from house to house and there's an expression that we use to gallivant from one house to the next. And you go about singing these traditional, you know, cultural songs, a blend of Spanish and English. And um, people will feed you. So you go from house to house and people will feed you, you would sing. And uh, you would sing all these traditional, we call it calypso music. Um, but it's really oh, yeah. Really My dad's into that. <laughs> yeah, the harangue is kind of like soca, a soca blend of calypso. But the twist to it is, uh, you know, there's some um, Spanish sort of mixed into into the songs. And uh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful song. And, and every time we, we celebrate, even now, I, I think about my childhood, those songs come to mind. It's such a, you know, it's such a time of, uh, of celebration. It's just amazing. And, and obviously, with people that you love and to, you know, to spend time with, it was just, you know, a time of, you know, sitting together and talking and, and making jokes and sometimes playing card games. And that, that's my past childhood of, of Christmas. Yeah, so we definitely celebrated Christmas as well. Um, also, a lot of food preparation and cooking going on, um, sometimes weeks ahead, including the Christmas black cakes that have a lot of rum in it. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And um, my mom, my mom loved to cook. Our our um, traditional dish in Guyana is called pepper pot which is exactly that. It's, uh, it's kind of like, think of it as a stew with all kinds of different meats um, and supposed to be a lot of pepper. 
but I don't particularly like the pepper. I just love the, the actual stew itself. So I don't make it peppery, but it's supposed to be peppery. And um, the main flavoring of it is um, is called kazrip. It's uh, it looks like molasses, but it's made from a cassava, and uh, it's, so it's like the cassava root that is made into like a sugary sugary-ish syrup that's very much like molasses and then that's the major flavoring base of, of the pepper pot dish that you eat with homemade bread oru <laughs> homemade yes we know <laughs> i don't even know how that's made <laughs> we, we know how much you like homemade bread <laughs> um, uh, absolutely so, So, as I said before, the rest of the conversation is pretty much lost into whatever void it disappeared into. I've tried everything to retrieve it, trust me, but I can't seem to find it. I guess this stuff is kind of bound to happen when you start a podcast from the ground up, but it's uh, it's alright. I was able to at least decipher from my uh, answers alone and I pretty much got the gist of whatever was being said from Mr. Derek and Miss Michelle. So, here are the questions and the answers from the remainder of the recording. What was your favorite Christmas memory of all time? So for Derek, back when he was living in Trinidad, um, he was given a a, a, a toy truck. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how old he was, but you know, it must have been very young. And uh, it made this siren noise that he really liked. And he was so interested in this truck that he took the truck apart to actually figure out where the sound came from. Um, I can't exactly remember Miss Michelle Jean's answer, but I think it might have been something similar. I'm not sure. How does the Jean family celebrate Christmas today? So, from uh, what I could understand, they really like to get together to sing, to eat, to have family over, and um, also too, which was very notable of them, to make time to give back to the community by volunteering somewhere like a homeless shelter or even just within the church. I know that from being back at the Broward Church, I mean, there's always a lot um, where there's always something to do basically in that area, and they pretty much put their kids to work, um, not just to, you know, have them keep busy during the holidays, but also to, to practice gratitude during the time of the year that feels so, I guess, focused on getting, um, just reminding their children that there also is, that the, that the giving aspect is so much more important than the, than the getting aspect. Another thing that they do that's honestly really commendable is that they really practice uh, recognition and gratitude of um, the, the, the people that give them gifts over the holidays. So everyone that they give them gifts, they make sure to write those people's names down or at least to remember, you know, who's uh, who, who gave what gift and respond back, whether it's through text or email or uh, mail mail or whatever, uh, just thanking that person for whatever gift they got, which I think is just again it's awesome my family kind of does 
same thing. Um, I've really harped on mom about it, uh, and you know, when I was so much younger, but I mean, now understanding the significance of it, I think that it's worth it. What do you feel is the true meaning of Christmas? So, in three words, the summary from um, what they said, it was that scarcity doesn't exist. Um, I think that that was just a great uh, touch on what the Broward Church actually uh, had a lesson on. It was about a year or two years ago. I remember that Tony Fernandez had done a lesson on, on scarcity. And the fact that there basically is none while we are within Christ and while we're within the kingdom, that there's always something else to give um, because God will always provide pretty much. Um, they mentioned that if anyone and they meant anyone walks into their house, they're willing to serve that person to give them, you know, uh, obviously the roof over their heads, but also to, you know, food to eat and water and just pretty much whatever needs that they need um in, in, in the moment uh the way in which Derek and michelle look at their resources is that they always feel like they have they always know that they have enough to give because god will always provide for them and I, honestly i think that they have a great understanding of the true meaning of christmas i didn't even take this really into thought before um the scarcity aspect of it i understood of course uh you know having to give back or make sure that you're showing gratitude but i mean being selfless uh during this time during the holidays i think um it's very it's very important and very commendable by them it's just great um why is it so important to remember the birth of jesus on christmas so their focus from uh you know this question while they were answering it was on the fact that although we do recognize the birth of jesus in bethlehem on christmas as we always do pretty much traditionally we focus enough also too on the death burial and resurrection of jesus as well it's another important constituent of who Jesus was and who God is really his character that he was so selfless not only to bring his son down but also to to offer him as a living sacrifice Miss Michelle mentioned that the birth of Jesus was the entering of our Lord God into the world that we know and that his life was pretty much a blueprint to how we're to treat people and also to the meanings of different troubles in our lives and Mr. Derek on the other hand he drew many parallels between Jesus' sacrifice and a Christmas gift pretty much um, although we don't deserve a Christmas gift and although we didn't deserve Jesus' sacrifice we were given it solely because of the love of the sender and in hopes that we would use that gift to its potential what is your favorite Bible verse in relation to Christmas? Um, with this question, I tried to listen into what I said afterwards. I honestly couldn't, um, but I know that it's something that has to do with trust. Um, yeah. The three wise men were three foreign magi who were traveling, and as they received news that the Messiah was being born, they went to see him. What can we learn from, from the three wise men about how we should worship Jesus? Now, this is one of my favorite uh, answers here by them. They said that the three that the gifts that the, that the wise men gave Jesus were not just any random gifts. They were actually some of the most coveted and prized possessions during that time. You know, like gold, frankincense, which I guess is a type of uh, perfume. The three wise men were most likely people of high esteem, and they were probably very dignified. 
Mr. Derek also mentioned that when the wise men heard the news of the Messiah being born in Bethlehem, they, all three of them were pretty much instantly motivated and left almost immediately to go and see Jesus. He created this question that uh, we, are, we should ask ourselves that I particularly <laughs> really liked, uh, which is, does it excite me? And the context of that question, does it excite me, he's saying like, does the word of God excite me? Does Jesus' calling and purpose for my life excite me? And if not, if it doesn't excite you, then your priorities may be misaligned. What does remembering Jesus on Christmas look like? And how can we do it? So, um, it was kind of like a short answer from both of them, uh, but they mentioned attitude. Everything was everything that they said was pretty much revolving around attitude. And they mentioned it because that's where all of our meaningful and genuine actions pretty much stem from. So, you know, of course, trying to remember Jesus on Christmas and trying to um, follow in his footsteps as you know, a, a living example, pretty much, it really just comes down to our attitude. What do you think is the most important characteristic we should have when it comes to finding meaning in Christmas? Their answers were pretty simple, actually. Mr. Derek said to rejoice, and Miss Michelle said to retreat. And we had this whole joke uh, in between where we were just saying, you know, um, R&R, pretty much. You know, rejoicing and retreating. And um, as they both kind of were wrapping up their thoughts, they realized that there can be a good combination between the two that, you know, uh, rejoicing and retreating at the same time, they kind of feed each other a little bit. Um, I forgot exactly in what way, but from what I can imagine anyways, it's that uh, we can look at God as, you know, of course, like an almighty father and recognize him as um, our Lord, who is much more powerful than we are and is able to make better decisions that we can ever formulate in our decision making. And because of that, we can be able to step back and trust that even if we're not trying to control every single thing, that God has it under control. So we can sit back and we, we can relax as he works out whatever is outside of our control. If you can go back in time and talk to yourself on the day that you became a disciple, what advice would you give yourself? Um, I forgot what they said at the beginning, but the moral of what they said was to not beat yourself up over your mistakes. They mentioned that we're all pretty much human. Of course, Jesus was human as well, but he had the qualities of Jesus. So we are sinful. We want most times, you know, want to lie or to cheat for our benefit or for the benefit of those that we care about. Um, you know, most times at the expense of uh, a friendship or um, thing, but not to beat ourselves up and dwell on those things in the past. Uh, they truly highlighted the importance of being able to move on from those things. Miss Michelle really touched on wanting to show herself grace uh, back when she was first a disciple. Uh, and Mr. Derek, he touched on wanting to keep himself accountable or possibly different things that maybe he doesn't he didn't think were um, wrong at the time but probably those are now and yeah that's uh pretty much the episode once again i 
truly apologize for the technical difficulties and for the deleted um, conversation. But um, yeah, I just really wish that you guys could have heard the whole thing. It's all right, though. Um, Hopefully this won't happen again. Let's just pray on it. And um, yeah, thank you for listening. Alright, that wraps up today's episode of the Chosen People Podcast. Please make sure to share this episode with someone you think would benefit from what we talked about today. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow this podcast and never miss a new episode. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, make sure to subscribe as well. This episode is just minutes of your time wasted if you only listen. So if you haven't already, I strongly encourage you to use what was taught today and apply it to your lives. And a quick reminder to you all. No matter what religion or race or creed or gender you are, you are loved by God. It's corny, I know, but it will always be true. He cares for you. And no matter what happened yesterday, we are a new creation in him today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with a new episode. And as always, spread love and live chosen.